Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Today is exciting. So I, I guess just like right off the bat, there's the big elephant in the room. That elephant is Mass Effect Legendary Edition because uh, you, <laughs> you and I yesterday just recorded our uh, bonus episode about the trilogy with our good friend Tamar Hussein, uh, which was just great. Uh, and it's a long one unsurprisingly probably <laughs> so i guess just like get excited for that because it, it was fun it, we had a good time so so far the record our, our longest episode is obviously games of the decade but that was recorded in like hour segments over the course of a month so it was like a pretty easy process weirdly um then i think last of us part two was like the longest and like most draining recording process <laughs> then mother three one up that this, I think, is longer than both of those. Uh, not Games of the Decade, but I think it's longer, or at least as long as Mother 3 or Last of Us Part 2, but it went by like a dream. Like it, I had more to say. I could have kept going if my physical body wasn't going to perish. Yeah. I weirdly it felt great time. afterwards. I just like, I immediately got up, sat down on a couch, and like kept playing video games right when we were done. <laughs> <laughs> I got shawarma, and then I went to bed. Yeah. It yeah. was great. It's really good. Uh, so... Look for that episode soon. I don't think it's going to make uh, August, but uh, early September, I think it, it'll come out and yeah, it'll be worth the wait. Absolutely. Definitely. Anyway, so I we we also took off last week. I was in Maine for a week and like expected to play a bunch of stuff while I was in Maine and just didn't play anything, which honestly was like kind of nice in a way. Um, you know, yeah. read some books. That was good. Uh, traveled yeah. around, drove around a lot, saw some like cool trees and rocks and the ocean stuff like that so that was very nice but i came home to like a plethora of stuff which was great so my past like couple days since coming home have just been like gorging myself on all these things i've wanted for so long yeah the first the first thing i downloaded immediately as soon as i got home was um spelunky one and two on the nintendo switch because those finally dropped um strangely enough i jumped right into spelunky one because i i've had this hunch for a long time that maybe the reason i haven't gone back to splunky 2 since it came out is that i actually like splunky 1 more so i I hopped back into it for a couple minutes and was like this is pretty good and then loaded up splunky 2 to like see what that game was all about and i stand by what we said in the episode when it came out like splunky 2 is so immediately better than a game i already thought was perfect it's like it's shocking how good splunky 2 is i want to say this too splunky 2 is great on the switch it feels so good in handheld mode too which like i've said it on the show a lot i'm not a big fan of handheld mode with the switch i just think that thing is a little bit too big it feels so good i i dumped like hours into it on the switch already and i haven't even had that much time to do that and i feel like i've played just like a ton it it's really great on switch i was a little bit worried about the performance because like there were some issues with it performance wise on like modern platforms including pc when it came out and like it has been rock solid on switch in a way i like really wasn't expecting and honestly, I, I think looking back at when that game came out, it was interesting because Derek, you, the like designer, lead designer of Splunky, uh, tweeted as much. But like the whole thing was that game came out and then like two days later, Hades came out and Hades yeah. was immediately a rock star. You know, like Hades was immediately right. just kind of like welcomed with open arms is like this is one of the best things that's happened to games this year. Um, it was our game of the year. I mean, it's like it's amazing. It's an amazing video game. And I'm glad honestly that we took the time that we needed then to like dump as much time as we did into hades i was doing daily morning streams of spelunky 2 and immediately stopped to do daily hades streams 
until I like yeah. beat the game. Um, I mean that that game is just unbelievable. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what a bummer that Splunky Two came out just a couple of days before this thing, because like it's not as like hot in a way, you know. I mean, like literally, I guess. Also, <laughs> it's not as right, like hot yeah. as Hades is. Um, Derek, you tweeted out, you know, because a lot of people said the same thing. Derek, you was like, Splunky Two will be there, like eventually you'll go back to it and you'll have a great time and like i'm yeah he's like i'm not i'm not bothered at all by you know everybody loving hades he's like i love hades too i'm playing it right now so i've just kind of been waiting for this moment that felt right to go back to splunky 2 dude it is so good on the switch like now is absolutely the time i'm gonna be playing so much splunky 2 going forward it's so good i've only like scratched the surface i didn't even really get that far Early on when it first came out, um, I made it a couple biomes in. I kind of don't want to say what they are for people who haven't played them. But uh, I, I've, I've only made it like a couple levels in. But even still, the stuff I've already seen, the way that it's kind of subverted what I expected, even down to like the first level looking like the mines from Spelunky 1, but is like a very different beast entirely, is like very interesting to me. Um, and truly, going and playing Spelunky 1 a little bit, really illuminated for me how wonderful Splunky 2 is. So I, I'm going to be spending a lot more time playing it. I don't really have a lot more to say outside of that other than like now is the time. Like now is the time to play Splunky 2 yeah, if you've been interested That's in really great. That that was I think maybe the game that I felt like we'll be kicking ourselves for like in a year or two for not putting on our list. Yeah. But at the same time like I, I was more drawn to other things and like I think that I, you know, I definitely want to check it out on Switch. I played a good amount of it on PS4 and just sort of moved on, but yeah. it is the kind of game that's always just there in kind of like a Slay the Spire way where it's like, yes, those are the types of games that like you can always go back to, always challenge yourself, always discover new things, um, yeah. which is great. And it, the Switch is like perfect for those kind of games. Yeah, it. I, I will say this much. If you are a person who hasn't played Splunky 1 or 2, first of all, we have episodes on both of them. Um, we did an episode on Splunky 1 with uh chris plant and you know we did a couple episodes about splunky 2 or at least we mentioned it a couple times but if you haven't played either of them i honestly would recommend getting both on switch if you have a switch and just like seeing like trying them both out maybe start with one and like i mean one was like my go-to for years and years and years and years like i i've played so much splunky one um that like maybe that's the way to start is just like play a bunch of it and then hop into splunky 2 because I think one of the things that's really interesting about Spelunky 2, and you had this trajectory where you played a little bit of one and then two came out and you played two. So I'm kind of curious from your perspective if you go back to it. But like, I feel like having played a little bit of one gives you the experience that they wanted when two came out, which is like it's everything, you know, tweaked just a little bit. So it all feels new and fresh again. And you still need to relearn. Yeah. Like even if you thought you knew everything about Spelunky, you need to unlearn a lot of that and relearn stuff to play two. And that's kind of the fun of it. And I wonder if just jumping into two is like a little bit less than if you don't have that context. But I mean, it's still a great game and stands on its own anyway. But I think that was the intention behind a lot of those decisions. I think you're right. I mean, I think that like world one of Spelunky is very much like a tutorial area. Like I yeah. feel like when you first play that game, you're going to spend a good hour or two like in that zone in the mines. Yeah. And um that is sort of like a formative experience. Whereas the first area in Splunky 2 feels like the second or third area in Splunky 1. Like it already kind of gets going in a way. Yeah. Um, similar to, I think we made comparisons to like 
Super Mario versus Super Mario World, I feel like there is a little bit of that evolution going on in a much more subtle way. Like you're not getting a world map or anything, but you are getting the ability to ride turkeys, kind of like Yoshi. <laughs> and there's like a weird hub for all the friends you recruit. Um, and there's something going on with immortality that maybe is in my head, but we'll get to that if I get farther. Around. Yeah, I know. Uh, what you mean. I, I, I bumped up against that again <laughs> recently when I was playing a little bit yesterday. Uh, I was just like so exhausted from driving back from Maine and I just kind of like laid in bed and played Splunky 2 for a couple hours just to like recuperate a little bit when I woke up. The first thing I noticed was everybody calling you reborn. And I was I, I remembered our conversation about that. Like there's gotta be something to that. And I'm excited to find yeah. out what it is. There's also a sloth with a pompadour and like a leather jacket who I'm obsessed with. So Rafi D is, Sloth. Is the superior game. Rafi D Sloth. Yeah, I I adore him. <laughs> uh, so really good. Anyway, Splunky Two is out on Switch. Splunky One is also out on Switch. They both came out on the same day, which I thought was an interesting choice, but I think I think two is twenty dollars and one is ten dollars. So, uh, you know, pick oh, your po- perfect. Yeah, pick your poison or get both, which is what I did immediately. Because, as I've always said, I just wanted the switch to be the Vita two, and uh, now that Splunky's on there, it really feels like that. So, it's great. Yeah, all that's left is maybe thirteen Sentinels, and then it will be like the actual Vita two. I yeah. Feel. Yeah. Oh my God, thirteen Sentinels on Switch. I, I still am dreaming of it. That or uh, Persona Four Golden, but we can't go down that rabbit hole again. Hey, what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah I, I, the more we wish for it the more we'll get like we just got morgana and super monkey ball that's the big announcement i think you know <laughs> that's what we got um really excited for super monkey ball weirdly anyway speaking of that i have been playing dodgeball academia uh on the xbox series s it's on game pass although i did end up buying it because i i have been really loving it um wow. it's a game that is developed by developed by pocket trap published by humble games they've got a pretty good track record i always like checking out their stuff yeah it is a sports rpg uh in like an academy setting hence the title about dodgeball um i had heard people talk I, or i'd seen people talking about it in the discord yeah i for whatever reason confused it with like that strange dodgeball game on game boy advance i'm like why is everyone playing this uh oh and I that's so funny like yeah that game we didn't i don't even think we talked about that in our game boy advance episode but there is like kind of a dodgeball game on the gba that you and i both checked out because a bunch of people recommended it and i think you and i both like bounced off it really hard i did not have a good time playing it yeah not really for me um but uh i <laughs> i saw that I'm like what is going on and then you dm me you're like just get this like because yeah. you just like this is like a stephen hilger favorite like yeah. in the making just get this game so i've been playing it um i really love it i have a lot of thoughts about it it's one of those games where i feel like uh similar to scarlet nexus i really want to see a sequel because i feel like it's like 80% of the way there. Like there's just a few things that I really yeah. wish were different or more fully realized, but all that to say what I really love about Dodgeball Academia, the presentation is like unbelievably great. Um it looks very much like a modern Cartoon Network uh like Nickelodeon Saturday morning cartoon energy. Yeah. I would say if if Brian Lee O'Malley and Dexter's Lab fused, that's sort of the vibe <laughs> I'm getting from the art style a really really fun character design 
And I I was in awe of it in the beginning. Um, I still really like it. I'm almost done. It's a shortish game. It's like 10 to 12 hours, which I think is to its benefit. The opening acts, I was in love because it kicks off really strong. You're Otto, who's this like, you know, very typical protagonist who's at this academy and the opening ceremony, the three professors, one of which is this like gorilla who kisses his muscles, which I was that the one you thought I would love. Yeah. One of many. Yeah. <laughs> That was, that was the first, anyway. like, oh, I got to tell Steven about this. And then I kept playing further in. I was like, I, the more characters I met, the more I was like, Steven just needs to <laughs> see this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's a ceremony where like everyone, there's like a golden dodgeball that's forever rotating in this like Arthurian stone Yeah, <laughs> and everyone like touches it and gets a power. So very much like My Hero Academia as well. Like every, they're all playing dodgeball, but they also all have their own dodgeball powers, which is really fun mm-hmm. and more on that in a bit, but everyone gets their power, but there's one kid who doesn't, he isn't able to get powers and he becomes your like Vegeta rival. Cause he like envies you and he the irony is that he's very good at dodgeball like he's probably the best like naturally at the sport but he doesn't have you know the ability to summon lightning like your friend mina does (laughs) uh like at a certain point it's not even dodgeball anymore which is so funny um but uh yeah so you're in this academy setting very much in the same vein as uh mario golf advanced tour um you know you get a pretty strong idea of like where things are there's a cafeteria where you can buy food that heals or upgrades your stats and what i really like is that every character in your party will have like preferences on the food so if they love it it will be twice as effective if they don't like it you know vice versa so the setting is really strong basically to sum it up it's way more of like an rpg than a dodgeball game um, and the battles play out like dodgeball in the court, but rather than something like Knockout City where they are like heightening the game of dodgeball, um, this game is basically reinventing it where rather than like right. getting hit and you're out, you have health. So it's like really like you're using the dodgeball as an attack against the enemy. And every you, usually you have like a team of three on the court and you can switch between them. And uh, like Otto, if he charges the throw, it will be a fire attack that does damage over time. Uh, your friend Balloony, who doesn't think he's good at dodgeball, but finds out he's good in his own way, is like the healer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone has a special move. It's like very over the top. Really great ideas, really cool ideas. And I found that as your party gets bigger, there are clearly some characters that are way more fun to play than others. Um, Mina, for example, is is your first uh, teammate, and she rather than uh, you know you can throw, you can charge when the the ball is on the enemy's court, and you can also catch if you time it right. But she can actually just kick rather than catching. Yeah, she, she does kicks like a roundhouse kick and just kicks opponent. the ball back yeah. immediately instead of catching it and throwing it again, which is just a joy yeah she's so fun to play and also she's one of the few characters who can actually dodge which is ironic like (laughs) usually Mm -hmm. when you push a you jump which is almost never helpful uh but she can actually dash around same with uh there's another character who is sort of like a hard-boiled detective with an eye patch and she has a bat so like you know you can charge (laughs) her bat and then just hit the ball back at the enemy so like Mina and and uh, that character, I'm forgetting her name, are like really fun to play. Other ones, not so much. It feels like there are a lot of really great ideas that don't quite come together. Like, ironically, the weakest part of the game is dodgeball because yeah. 
it doesn't quite like I, I find that the matches that are one on one are really exciting and like I feel more strategy happening but when there are three people on the court like you're controlling your party kind of all at once so like the people who you aren't playing as can also get hit and there's really no way to avoid that right um and and there's some like sometimes the difficulty spike is like so ridiculous that i just laugh because i'm like i don't know what you expected me to do there you know i think that there was an opportunity to make this game more of like a bullet hell game which like it kind of is sometimes but again like they're and this is hard to do and i'm not i'm not like ridiculing the game for not doing it successfully because i think you know a game like hades for example starts off small and then kind of blossoms like everything you get aids the experience and it all kind of gradually evolves but like stays true to one central idea whereas dodgeball academia feels like i just have a bunch of stuff on a on a plate that doesn't yeah. quite melt together that was kind um, of my that, that was like my exit ramp for the game uh essentially yeah it was like i love i was so into the setting the characters honestly and i'll talk about it later but it reminded me a little bit of psychonauts in a way just the way the humor yeah. worked the way the setting uh, felt just kind of evoked this sense that I've been looking for in a game for a long time, which is like the the camp that you hang out in in Psychonauts and just like going around and seeing the same cast of characters, like get into weird hijinks and stuff. Um, I love that. And I was very into the dodgeball of it all right at the beginning. Um, and then eventually, as you were saying, the difficulty spikes uh, along with the just like layered mechanics it just felt like every time i got into a dodgeball fight they added another mechanic to the game um especially when i started needing to like manage the party i was like this is actually just becoming too much for me to have fun in the what should be probably the most fun part of the game ironically i like not playing dodgeball i like the academia yeah i mean i think there's like also the character with the bat like her ability when you charge throw it the ball hits the opponent multiple times so she just like obliterates everyone so i don't even have to think about half the mechanics because i can just have her win what is nice is that there are good accessibility options with like there's a sliding scale where you can reduce the damage taken or the damage dealt mm-hmm. um i would recommend just putting that at 70 because that's the other thing if like you there are there are so many matches where if you mess up catching once it's like completely over suddenly, which is how dodgeball works in real world (laughs) dodgeball. But the way like, it's just a confusing thing. Um, And I feel like it could work. I just feel there needs to be like one or two things either taken away or like heightened, you know, like I I wish it was almost simpler. Like I never remember to charge. It's almost impossible to charge because they throw it right back at you anyway. So that's that's a lot. But like you said, the presentation and the characters are why I'm there. I mean, the story is very light. It, it's mostly fun. And even the story sometimes, I think when it's a little bit too jokey and meta, I'm not as into it when it like it never gets heavy. But I, I, I like it when it when it's when it's delivered in a straightforward way. You know, when when the the adversity the characters are going through is like a real thing. I think the character who doesn't have powers is like probably the most interesting one yeah and whenever he shows up it's like a great scene um there's some so many laugh out loud moments so like the cafeteria lady is like secretly evil and like is like in love with capitalism and charges you for lunch and it's just like <laughs> you know it's, like there's so many great characters yeah. like that um honestly you know while we're critiquing it the biggest misopportunity so the game is evoking pokemon in a lot of ways like um your characters as they level up will get new moves and stuff 
you encounter other, you know, like when you're walking from point A to point B in the academy, there'll be like random trainer battles basically where like a person will challenge you to dodgeball. The problem with that is it's evoking Pokemon in all the ways that are like on the surface, but it's actually not evoking Pokemon in like the internal design of the combat or characters. You know, I feel like not that I really want this to be. I'm actually surprised it's evoking Pokemon so much. There's even someone who quotes the shorts thing. There's like a Mm -hmm. infirmary where they play like the Pokemon center music, essentially. The missed opportunity for me is like you're setting this in an academy the random battles get really grating. I avoid most of them because there are also side quests that are almost all just battling people. And even in the main quest, you'll get into like twice as many battles as you probably should. So there are just way too many battles and the game isn't really fun enough to <laughs> warrant how, how often that happens. Um, I really wish they they rolled with the academy setting and, and like, okay, here's where like if you want to train and practice, you can level up. Like there should have been a little bit more customization over your party and the moves they get because they get moves, but it just sort of happens as they level up. Like uh, one character now when she throws the ball, it like coats the opponent in gum and they're stuck in one place, which is really cool. But just because I didn't elect for that to happen, it doesn't really feel as like victorious to get it. So it's just kind of bizarre that they're like, yeah, let's do Pokemon, but only like what happens on Route 17 and not the actual battles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I don't know. I I, I would recommend this game. I'm having a great time. I'm almost done with it, Uh, which is weird because it sounds like I'm critiquing it a lot. The battles are fun enough that if you avoid most of them, like honestly, the best time... when the battles are most effective is when it's against another character and you get to see how that character plays and it like means something right you know i I wish that the because there's so many battles that are just against like there's like a character model for like an unnamed student and there are like dozens of them they all have the same face they play the same way like i didn't need them you could have just had the the main cast and have us get into battles as we're all like learning and growing together right um you know, because I, I, it's always fun to see how someone plays. Like, there's a character who just plays dodgeball as if it's basketball and will throw the ball above you. Uh, there's a character who, like, is this sort of goth psychic who, like, throws illusions of balls. Like, there's so many cool ideas. But I just, I feel like the actual central mechanics and the delay in which, like, it's so hard to catch the ball. It's, like, a little bit slower than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really struggle with it. So I would recommend playing this game to enjoy the setting and the characters and the occasional fun battle. I would say to space it out in the way it's delivered, where it's by chapter. So I think that, like, it, to avoid getting burnt out, play a chapter as if it's an episode and then, like, move on to something else. I've been doing that and enjoying it way more than when I was like, trying to binge it. It's also only 10 hours, but I feel like it could have been, like, 8 if you cut the superfluous battles and it would have been way more effective, I think. Mm. Um, so I'm excited to see how it ends. I'm, like, far enough in that I want to see how it plays out. Um, I really want to see more from this team. I feel like if they get Dodgeball Academia 2, I feel like it could really go to some really exciting places but as it is like it's still a really cool idea i was like happy to be part of this idea um and you know it it succeeds more than it fails but i think that the biggest missed opportunity is the dodgeball itself and also making use of the 
academia setting you know having it be like three houses where half the game is like preparing for the fights and then seeing how that plays out like you don't get that you just get like we got to go to the cafeteria now the library and on the way get into eight battles like that's not interesting it just feels padded out but it's it's a cool game i think it it is carried by the things that are good you know the presentation and and the fun characters yeah i i would also recommend it i mean even if like me you only play for a couple hours and then you fail like it's still a good enough time that i think it's worth exploring and seeing if maybe it'll click with you more than more than it did with me and it sounds like it did with you and i'm glad it did yeah it's a it's a great it's a great experience and it's on game pass if you have game pass um in your in your region so yeah give it a shot why not live a little why not live a little dodgeball academia for xbox i imagine it's available elsewhere (laughs) it's on switch as well it's on switch it's on Switch, yeah. I might, I might be more inclined to get it for Switch, but if you have Game Pass, you should probably try it there first. Yeah, I, I've heard it's good on Switch. Uh, and it, it has that, you know, I feel like it would be a fun handheld one as well. Yeah. You can also do like a versus mode where as you play, you unlock characters like in just, you know, a standalone match you can play on like a local multiplayer, which is oh, fun. cool. So, yeah. And, and again, like I think... I think that if every character could dodge, it would be way more fun. <laughs> like, why are you jumping? Anyway. That's my hot take on Dodgeball Academia. It's a fun game. Would recommend Game Pass or Switch. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, do you want to take a break then and we'll move on? Yes. All right. I'm over it. We'll see you soon. Dodge. Bye. Ball. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Steven, we're back. I'm excited to tell you about a game I've been playing uh, in which... You and your friends travel inside the minds of others to sort out all of their like issues and their problems. Uh, and in between missions, you all hang out together and become closer with one another. Yeah, I guess like you could kind of say I'm sort of like a jester equivalent of my friend group. <laughs> and like there's a sort of paternal instinct to coffee aromas for uh-huh, me uh-huh. unconsciously. Yeah. Uh, Psychonauts 2, right? Yeah, I've been playing Psychonauts 2, which I'm very, <laughs> very excited about. Continuing Brain Punk Summer. Um, which is, <laughs> this, yes, Brain Pop Punk, even. Yeah, th- this is definitely like, this is definitely more uh, hot topic, I- I'd say, version of Brain Punk than Scarlet Nexus was. Gotcha. Okay. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, uh, retail outlet store I would, uh, subscribe to to scarlet nexus but this definitely has like a hot topic vibe mainly because i think a lot of the double fine stuff over the years has skewed a little bit more towards like a tim burtony style of art direction in a I'm way i say yeah there's a like a jack skellington patch kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah yeah but anyway psychonauts 2 is out um it's also available on game pass which is wild but it's i think available on most platforms except for the switch as well so if you wanted to play it on playstation you can go do that and uh, I've been looking forward to this for uh, a, a long, 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 long time. Uh, the first one came out in 2005. I, strangely enough, was like all about it. Like when it came, I, I looked up the sales numbers recently when it came out. Um, it did not sell very well at, at no, launch. Not at all. I had seen it in like PlayStation magazine and stuff. And it was like, to me, like one of the more hyped up titles. Uh, so I got it like day and date. I was so amped on Psychonauts and I played through that thing and fucking loved it. Like I loved Psychonauts. 
Uh, it was so my shit, and I didn't know anyone who played it. And I didn't get to talk about it uh, with anybody in my life. <laughs> um, but I played through it like multiple times. Like, got everything, found all the collectibles, whatever. And and it's worth mentioning I, that I think this is the first one and the second one are like, you know, action platformer. There's a hundred thousand collectibles littered over a bunch of different levels, and you can go get them, and uh, they all unlock different things and wild stuff like that you know it's very much in the same vein as like a spyro or a crash bandicoot or like a banjo kazooie like that kind of thing is what psychonauts is eliciting with a little bit of that tim schaefer double fine adventure game point and click dna there's a lot of that in here as well which is interesting in 2021 but was still kind of interesting in 2005 like in 2005 that was like the end of that era that was like this it was almost it was almost throwbacky then uh, because like the other games that came out in 2005, we were just looking this up during the break, but it was like Call of Duty 2. So we were like on the precipice of, you know, a yearly <laughs> Call of Duty cycle. Um, you know, uh, Battlefield was still doing its thing. Uh, I think the Bad Company series was out at that time. Resident Evil 4 had come out that year. Like the that's, the, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that existed in 2005. Um, so Psychonauts is, you know, very much a deviation from that. Maybe not so surprising that it didn't sell super well at first but has obviously since become kind of a cult classic. Yeah. It has yeah. all the DNA of a cult classic. Just like go look at, if you've never seen Psychonauts, go look at any screenshot. You're like, yes, of course that became a hit way yeah, after the yeah. fact. Yeah. I actually, so you, you can officially say you liked it before it was cool and have that actually be a real <laughs> statement. I, uh, I didn't hear about it until maybe two years later. I feel like it took until like late two thousands, early 2010s, to hear and see discussion about it. I honestly would credit that to like just conversations on the internet becoming more of like a streamlined thing, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like 2005 was like my is at their prime. You know, that was like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just think, um, I also think as our generation got older, like we started to like, people started to think back on what came out and like there was more, at least in my observation, I saw more conversations about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a similar thing I feel like with shadow of the Colossus, although that did sell well, but that was also like a sleeper hit in a way where you didn't really hear like uh, in the spotlight appreciation for it until later. But anyway, I played psychonauts one in like 2010. Um, I got it on steam. I was playing it very much after the hype hearing about how great it was. And I liked it, but I kind of moved on because I, I didn't really love playing it with like a mouse and keyboard. Um, I so I, I have it on. Yeah, I have it on Xbox now. I've also downloaded the second one on Game Pass. They're both on Game Pass, which is great. And I feel like I, I want to give the first one another shot, like with a controller. And I will definitely be playing two, but I haven't played it yet as of this recording. Yeah, I um I played two. I'm mean, sorry. I played the first one when it came out on PS2 and then played it again when they re-released it for PS4. Um, and in preparation for Psychonauts 2, I played it a third time recently. Um, I didn't finish it. I got like pretty close to the end and then, and then split. Um, there's, there's a, there's one specific level that everybody bounces off of in the first one. And that's as far as I got, I was like, I don't need to go through this again. Um, you, you, you know yeah, which one I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it, but you, that's exactly what I do in uh, Ocarina when I get to the water temple. I'm like, I can just restart the whole game. I'd rather <laughs> yeah, just yeah, do yeah. that than do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, it's funny cause the, the name of the level will give away like a major plot point. So I'm not going to say what it is, but if you know, you know, anyway, that said, uh, I'll, I'll say this much about Psychonauts 1 going back to it. Like, it mostly holds up. It's very interesting playing it on the Series S 
and X, I guess, because they they do that thing that they do with all backwards compatible games where they kind of like upscale the whole game. Um, we we talked a lot about Final Fantasy 13 looking like shockingly beautiful, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. somehow, uh, even though you know it's technically an Xbox 360 game, whatever they're doing under the hood uh, over there <laughs> at Xbox is like bananas to make it look that good. Psychonauts kind of feels that way, like it still feels a little bit modern um, aesthetically because the art direction really holds up. The funny yeah. thing is, it'll it'll jump to these like pre-rendered cutscenes that look like absolutely terrible, like it's stuff. That's like pre-recorded, like 480p, you know, just like fuzzy as hell stuff, uh, which is very silly by comparison. But anyway, um, Psychonauts 1, I I would recommend like checking out. I think it's really great and worth playing. Um, And if you have any interest in Psychonauts 2, I really recommend playing Psychonauts 1. Because the thing that I wasn't expecting that 2 is that it picks up right where Psychonauts 1 ended. No break, almost no explanation uh, about what happened there's like a little scene that plays right when you start that tries to catch you up on like here's what happened in psychonauts one there's there was a spin-off psvr only title um <laughs> that came out at one point as well that was like in canon apparently that i never played i didn't even really know it existed until uh some of the hype for psychonauts 2 started happening and like have since you know packed up my psvr controller and, have, and haven't uh haven't played it so there's that and then this happens and like the time span between Psychonauts 1 and 2 is literally a matter of days um, and the story kind of expects you to know that and expects you to remember a lot of stuff from the first one. I've been all right because I've played Psychonauts 1 again like very recently as I just mentioned and I wonder if for the past 16, 17 years you have not replayed Psychonauts 1 if you're going to be like totally lost at sea because there are a lot yeah. of characters bouncing around. I mean, even they introduced a bunch of characters in that PSVR thing and I have no context for who they are, or what's going on with them. And they're like wildly important characters that like have this relationship with Rasputin, who is the main character that I just like don't understand and I'm like trying to fill in the gaps for. And that's been a really interesting thing. The other thing that I think is fascinating about Psychonauts 2 is that it feels almost exactly like the first one, like from a game design standpoint, like it it plays exactly like those kinds of platformers that Psychonauts 1 was trying to be when it came out in 2005. And that has its pros and it has its cons. Like there there are some things that work really well about it. And sometimes where I'm like game design has evolved a lot since 2005. And and it's interesting to not feel that as much here. It almost feels like they made Psychonauts 2 in 2006 and like kept it on ice and then just released it now. <laughs> the only yeah. difference is that it looks stunning. Like it looks incredible. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're doing things with this art style and this art direction that was not possible on the PlayStation 2 clearly. And it works really, really well. They're using the Unreal Engine, I think, as the back end for this. And there are moments when you can like feel some Unreal Engine stuff happening uh, there, there's a, one sequence really early on. So like not spoiling anything, but there's a sequence really early on where you're chasing a guy down a hallway and the hallway kind of like extends almost like a like Chris Nolan inception extension of the hallway. As you're running down, it, it gets longer and longer and longer. And they're like making fun of you the whole time you're trying to run down it and you know chase them because <laughs> they're like, uh, you're so slow. How come you can't catch up to me? Come on. Aren't you going to try and catch me as they run further and further down the hallway? And like, sequences like that visually are stunning and great and really fun and i like them a lot and then there's other moments when you're like in the middle of the platforming it's so hard to discern 
like where things are in space because like the art direction is wonderful but is also really abstract and makes it really hard to tell like what's a platform how far is this platform from this one like maybe the platform (laughs) floating in the middle of you know somebody's mind's eye doesn't really look like a platform that's discernible against the background that it's on things like that happen constantly and i find myself dying like over and over and over again just because i can't tell the distance between two points uh, a lot of the time where i can't tell that the game wants me to like use one specific power for something right here because there's not a lot really indicating that you just kind of have to poke up against it in 2005 i think that was like a cooler thing and in 2021 it feels a little bit less cool um it it, i think it's still trying to evoke that adventure game point and click dna in a lot of ways right like they want you to try everything but in moments where you're like jumping from platform to platform in like a high stakes boss fight it's a little bit weird to need to like stop and sit there and like think about "Hmm, what if i did this instead you know yeah right like like really come at it from like a cerebral angle instead of like an instinct angle which is what's <laughs> supposed to happen in like when, when you're fighting a giant uh you know octopus in somebody's brain um but anyway all of that said like mechanically you know it, it's a little uneven um but if you have any interest in psychonaut like if you liked psychonauts one psychonauts two is like everything that you would want from a story perspective i mean it is that's awesome it is just incredible and it really like as much as i uh kind of would give it some grievances for like assuming too much about what the player knows about the world and the universe and what happened in the first one and the and the psvr only title if you know all of that stuff it is wildly satisfying it's like everything that you would expect and want um the game picks up right after all of that stuff so raz has been like named a psychonaut like an honorary psychonaut essentially you end up in like psychonauts hq which is just like a wildly cool place to hang out and you see all the other like psychonauts agents walking around and doing weird shit um you can like go hang out with them and talk to them um and you kind of get demoted a little bit right at the top to intern because they're like well the guy who said that you're an honorary psychonaut like doesn't have the power to do like you can't say that you're a psychonaut but you know you've obviously like done some good stuff you like apprehended a bad guy in the first game like you're you're good enough that like you deserve to go through the training to like actually get there. So you become an intern immediately. Um, and that's when they really introduce the like cast of characters that you're going to be hanging out with. And that's where the game like really picks up, I think, because you you meet all these other kids who are all the other interns and they're all like clearly way older than you and immediately start hazing you because um, they're like, who is this fucking <laughs> like kid that just walks in here and thinks he can like be on our level? And, you know, ter- they're all interns, too. So uh, who are they? Um, you know, but they they pick on you a whole bunch and uh like trick you into doing something that's very bad uh and you know you kind of have to deal with the ramifications of that thing that they trick you into doing and in going through that process the first like couple levels of undoing that bad thing you did um is when they start to warm up to you and that's like you know there's an earnestness to psychonauts you know for all the like kind of like dark and dour shit that it's exploring um there is this like real kind of sense of hope and optimism, I think, uh, inside all of it. Raz as a protagonist just has this like really kind of like glowing bloom lighting view of the world. Uh, and, and, and he's like, I can do anything I set my mind to. Um, and I think that's really powerful faced with a lot of the things that you're going through in this game. So one of the first yeah. missions that you go through is uh, you, you end up, I, I won't say like the circumstances that lead to this really, but you end up in, uh, somebody's head who 
used to work in a hospital and came up with a like life saving procedure uh, and had that procedure kind of like swept out from under them. Like somebody else took credit for it and erased their name from like history, essentially, like the procedure was named after them and now it no longer is. Um, and they've needed to like find a new course in life because they were so like bummed out about it. Um, and through some like wacky hijinks, that person also decides that the only way to make money is to gamble. And they like essentially have a gambling addiction to like deal with some of the stuff that happened prior in their life. So you have this like clear connection between these two things that happened to them. And because of that, their mind is literally a hospital that's also a casino. Mm. And you make your way through that space, which is, you know, exactly what you would want and hope for from a Psychonauts game. It's just like wildly inventive. So beautiful. All the neon all over the place is like really, really cool. You're playing a lot of casino games as you're going through it. And they all have this like very strange twinge. There's this one area, for example, you go to like a maternity ward and there's a bunch of people who are like spinning a roulette wheel to see if they can have kids or not. And it's like, you know, house always wins. You can never have kids essentially. Uh, and it's like really dark. It's really hard. And you and you have to fix that stuff. And that's what this game is at its heart. And that's why I'm so, I think, drawn to it is like they're tackling real shit um, through oh, the, yeah. through yeah. the lens of like you're a kid with like an aviator helmet and goggles on and you can light things on <laughs> fire with your brain um, and like float on a weird levitating orb and stuff. Uh, it's it's heavy, but it's tackled in a way that feels like irreverent and very earnest uh and 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 i think strikes that balance as well as the first one did and that's like maybe the highest praise i can give it in a way um i'm not even that far yeah. into it i'm only i i would say i'm like four or five hours in maybe but every level i've come across has been great i i i haven't run into uh if, if you played the first one i haven't run into anything that's like milkman conspiracy level because that's like that's like far yeah, that's, away that's, like yeah, the like maybe the peak of like action platforming games in general is like what they accomplished <laughs> in that level. Um, and if you haven't played the first game, absolutely worth playing just to get through that point because it's it's shockingly good. But uh, the stuff I have played so far has been really, really fun. Um, I think one of the more interesting things, though, uh, about about Psychonauts 2 that I, I just want to touch on is, you know, you're hopping into different people's minds. It's like, you know, the whole conceit of the game. In the first game, when you were in between those segments, you would be running around this campsite um, and just kind of like hanging out with the kids who are also in camp. You know, there's like the classic bullies. There's like a bunch of other kids who are just like, you know, doing their own thing. Everybody has their own thing going on, really. Um, and one by one, their brains get taken out uh, and, and they kind of get like literally taken off the map. And, uh, you know, the camp gets more and more empty as you're continuing to play it. That doesn't seem like it's going to be the case in this game, at least for now. We'll see, I guess. But. Uh, at the moment, the place that you hang out in between missions is Psychonauts headquarters, and there are more and more rooms and wings of that place opening up as you continue to do missions. Um, and it's exhilarating to explore that place. The thing that I think yeah. they really nail about Psychonauts 2 that I was didn't realize I was really missing in the first one is that the art direction in the camp was very subdued. And I think that was on purpose to kind of like heighten the experience when you're in somebody's mind. Um psychonauts 2 like doesn't care about that at all and it actually makes it a little bit more exhilarating than i expected because psychonauts hq is and some of the other places you visit while on missions before you head into people's minds are as visually stunning as the things you're doing in people's brains and that is really fun to like oscillate between yeah. like you know the real world is just as exciting as it is in somebody's mind sometimes that's really 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 fun i'm 
I'm loving Psychonauts 2. Um, I obviously have my gripes mechanically with it, and I, you know, am coming in here with like an extreme bias of having loved this franchise for so long that like I don't even care. Like I don't even care that I die a billion <laughs> times. There are a bunch of accessibility settings you can turn on. You can like turn on invincibility. You can make it so your uh, attacks do like four times as much damage if you want. Like you could turn all that stuff on and have a really good time. Um, I haven't because I just like want to experience the game, I guess, as is for now. But I think at a certain point I might just like throw some of those settings on because I'm just interested in the story. I'm just interested in like what's going on with these characters. Um, it's a great yeah. story, too, so far. And I haven't really talked about it at all and I don't really want to, but it's really fun. <clears throat> I'm I'm really excited to finally play both of them. You've definitely convinced me to play because I was going to jump into two and I think I might want to go through one again um to fully enjoy it they're short enough too right i think one is like a 10 hour game right yeah yeah one isn't that long um i i guess you could probably hop online and like watch a youtube video of the psvr thing i i am thinking about doing that because i'm like <laughs> yeah. so weirded out that that's like a must experience for this game yeah um, right and that's the thing is like for a while i was kind of hemming and hawing at myself like oh i can't believe they're making me like think about this psvr thing i didn't get to play and like most people don't get to play or like oh i can't believe they're like not acknowledging the fact that it's been you know fucking 17 years or whatever but honestly like in a world where for example you know one is also available on game pass and you can just like download it and play it at your own pace like maybe it's fine you know like i who who am i to say like they should constantly be acknowledging the fact that it's been almost 20 years like don't do that like that'd, that'd be worse in a way you know because like what happens if you play these games 20 years from now you know it's going to be weird to like have a bunch of references to that context that doesn't matter anymore um i'm glad that it kind of stands it's on its own as just like a direct sequel in a way even if it took this long to come out yeah i mean i think acknowledging the time it took to make it would be letting like the truth of reality bleed into the fiction which isn't yes, always a good exactly. thing you yeah, know like yeah. it'd be kind of cheesy if raz was like wow it's felt like 17 years like, yeah ugh. there actually there um, is one line where you end up in a place from the first game <laughs> for a second and raz goes man i haven't been here in a few days and like <laughs> it's like clearly supposed to that's that's fun poke at that and yeah. that's the only reference i've seen to that and that that was fine i that's didn't like mind that a, at all. yeah Rat, ratchet and clank like worrying that they are has-beens was like a really funny yes because uh, that also that worked in both contexts that worked in the game and in our reality yeah and that that whole game story is very light and like tongue-in-cheek the whole time anyway yeah so, ratchet and, and clank is the definitely tone. the um i would say like the elephant in the room of psychonauts 2 in a way you know the fact that like that action platformer came out the same year as this one is like really just highlighting the difference between how tight they are mechanically in a way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big psychonauts fan, so I was always going to love this. There was, there was no way I was going to come here and say it was bad. I mean, there was a world in which it was going to be bad. I was a little nervous about it, but I'm glad it's not. Well, I, from what you're saying, it sounds like the strength of it really is the settings. I mean, I think Tim Schafer and his team, their strength has always been world building and psychonauts like as a game is really above all else just like a series of settings you know yes. both like the hub world and everyone's mind and that earnestness i mean you know going back to our our joke in the beginning like that's why i like persona 5 so much where it's like they are tackling these extremely heavy themes in a way that is like optimistic and mm-hmm. you know and that game is more about like a sort of youthful rebellion against like corruption in society yeah but you know a similar idea and um i i'm really excited to to go back and play both of those games yeah yeah um that's it psychonauts 2 it's available on game pass uh it's available on all platforms if you don't have game pass 
uh i would i would very much recommend it uh it's it's good. i imagine we'll probably eventually do like a spoiler segment about it at some point if we want you maybe know, once we're both done with it yeah um, we'll yeah i would see. i wouldn't we'll mind doing that there. yeah there, there's enough stuff happening in the story i've had a couple moments uh that feel almost like uh marvel cinematic universe adjacent where like somebody shows up from the first game and i'm like out of my chair like <laughs> yes <laughs> uh which i've yeah. been enjoying um so i don't i, I kind of don't want to talk about any of it because um a lot of the story is about the like intertwining relationships between these characters who until now you had only seen as like camp counselors and like other people around you and are now like your co-workers in a way. So, you know, now that you're almost on even footing with them, even though you're still an intern and now that you're almost on even footing with them, you're learning more about their lives and who they are as people. And that's kind of been the bread and butter of why I'm enjoying this so much. Uh, it's very cool. Uh, but that's all I'll I'm say excited. narratively because, uh, some good shit i'm excited to play psychonauts one and two yeah and to watch a youtube video about what happens in between oh, them yeah. i literally until you say that i immediately forget that that's a thing <laughs> i don't know if i need to do that i'll, I'll work it out <laughs> they keep referencing it and like there's a major character in this game who was introduced and was a big part of that game uh it's i'm getting i'm wild. getting flashbacks of Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out and me <laughs> arrogantly being like, I've played one and two. I could, I'll figure I'll it out. Fine. And the yeah. first thing that happens is Goofy is like, Data Sora, you know, in the nether realm. I'm like, oh my, what the fuck yeah. is happening? Who is Data Sora? What? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, man. that's the thing. So the, the PSVR title was called uh, Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin, I want to say. And the only reason I oh, know I that, that that was the name is that people keep being like man you made it out of the rhombus of ruin that must have been wild and raz is like yeah it was really it was a lot like i could tell you all about it and i'm just like i what the fuck is the rhombus of ruin <laughs> like nobody says what it is they only talk about the fact that you survived it anyway that's you know discussion for another day i guess psychonauts 2 is out psychonauts 1 is also still out you can play them both i would recommend it. oh yeah cool you want to take a break and move on I was about to say the same thing. Let's do it. You read my mind. <gasps> that was very brain punk of you. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, see you later. Steven, we're back. I've never been more excited I... to talk about a game, weirdly enough. I've been wanting to play this for wow. a long time because uh, I just keep hearing about it on like every show I listen to. Uh, I keep seeing articles about it. I keep seeing tweets about it. It just seems like so my shit and honestly like truly regardless of what even if you were like this game sucks and i hate it my plan is to as soon as we're done recording download it and play it anyway um so please tell me all about wildermyth uh you're in luck because uh i i would say the game does not suck and is in fact great uh i'm <laughs> gonna have a great time with it uh thanks so much wildermyth, for listening everybody yeah. uh <laughs> 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 you know into the cast online thanks goodbye uh wildermyth was made by world walker games um it looks like it came out a couple years ago i guess in early access but it's like out now I guess. oh really like, i had no idea well i'm looking at i'm looking at the initial release date and it says 2019 so i wonder i i don't know the history of it but interesting yeah me either. i think it was released this month in august either cool. way it is a uh procedurally generated rpg that is very much uh, D&D based uh, and more on that in a bit. But essentially it's a it's a tabletop esque RPG 
Um, you start a campaign, uh, and there are three randomly generated characters that pull from like a few different things. So there are three classes, at least so far. Uh, there's the mystic, which are like the mages. Uh, there are like the rangers, and then there are the the warriors. Um, but on top of that, the characters also all have you know different appearances. Um, the art is is fairly minimal to account for like the absurd amount of variables. Um, so right. the characters all kind of have like very simple uh, features, and and they all kind of have a similar pose. Um, but uh, more more on all of that in a second. Um, I do think that the background art for everything is like really stunning and in mm. all the styles have their purpose. But when you choose your first three adventurers, there's also like two characteristics. So it'll be like cowardly poet or like aloof romantic. Um, so there's like two kind of personality archetypes that have a number of different like uh, possibilities that will sort of define how the character behaves in scenes, which play out like a comic book. Um, so, you know, in between um, missions, which play out like a D&D uh, tabletop setting, but almost like a storybook, like every, all the characters are like cut out storybook, like uh, 2D figures and the same with the backgrounds and the enemies and stuff. It's really cool. I think the art style really shines in the battles because it all looks like you're, you know. Yeah, like pop up coloring book um, kind of vibe. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. So, yeah, you see, so you do that. And, and essentially the game's intention is you're going to see these characters go from like farmers that pick up a pickaxe to fight, you know, a goblin to, <laughs> you know, world saving heroes um, in a pretty quick amount of time. So the first campaign, I, I think that there are two like different styles of campaigns. There are the campaigns that have somewhat of an authored story. So the one I'm going through right now is all about like, the threat of the Gorgons. Then there are others where it's like all procedurally generated. So it's like, there's not really even like a main story. It's just like all in the moment stuff. Yeah. Um, which I'm actually very excited to do that. But regardless, like the bulk of the game is very much rolling with the punches. So like, you know, there will be a scene playing out in this, in this web comic or, or not web comic. <clears throat> There'll be a scene playing out in this comic book you know, presentation where the panels are happening and every now and then they'll give you a choice where it's like something maybe as simple as like, Oh, do we sneak in or do we try to like, you know, charge to the front door? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it will actually give you like a percentage of like if it will succeed or not. And, you know, if that's something that happens before battle, like if you sneak in or if you charge to the door, you'll get like stat modifiers that roll with the choice. So like, if you successfully charge the enemy, it might give you like bravery points, which like make every character have like more constitution or whatever. It's, it's really like for, for the amount of variables, it's like so impressive how well the game is its own DM, you know, like the, the ability to like really give you just enough flavor. Like it goes back to what we were saying about like um, older fire emblem games and how all the characters are like, just sort of on one beat, but your mind fills in the blanks and you end up being emotionally invested in them. Yeah. This game is like doing a little bit more than that. Like every now and then there will be a scene that is like surprisingly heartfelt. Like at one point, two characters, you know, the, the mystic who looks just like Shaggy in my party, uh, and the like, uh, um, 
this i think her name is like heli mud great randomly generated names heli mud and shaggy are like um he was like hey like you look stressed i thought maybe like while we have some downtime we can like go look at the sun's sunrise or whatever so they did that and it was like three panels of just them watching watching the sunrise and it was so beautiful and then one of them was like so is this a date like out loud and then i could have a choice like if i wanted them to become a couple or not and now at this point in the campaign they're both like in their 50s with like graying hair heli mud has like a her face has become like half gorgon like there's like a gorgon plate over her eye whoa but they have a daughter who adventures with us now um what, uh, what i really like about the game is that like there are choices you make but then there are also things that just happen out of your control. And it's a really nice balance. So like Heli Mud getting the Gorgon played over her eye was the result of this like battle that went wrong. But, you know, it does give her some benefits and also sort of defines her character more. You know, in the beginning, you're like, OK, all these characters like kind of look the same. There are only so many personalities. But like my main character turned into a, a like bird person uh, <laughs> through events <laughs> that happen. <laughs> Heli Mud has this thing. Uh, the like romantic uh, hunter in my party has like a gem for an eye now based on something I did. So what I really love is just like how personal your adventure will feel feel and then once the campaign is over uh you can potentially have a couple characters added to like your legacy so like in the history of all the campaigns you've done and then in future campaigns you could potentially recruit those characters oh my so god it's kind of like a dream come true like it, it really yeah, feels it sounds like a really too good, good to be true like it really yeah. like everything right. i've heard about this game just sounds like far beyond what is possible <laughs> uh, like and, how, how yeah. do you account for that much stuff i mean it it kind of sounds a little bit like uh our conversations about hades early on was like how do you account for all the possibilities you know how is there that much writing in the game and yet there is like that kind of sounds like what's going on here in a way yeah and i, I mean i think that there are obviously some trade-offs to account for that so like you know the the character poses like in the comics can sometimes be a little awkward um, or, you know, like they all have like a very similar. I, I thought they could have added a few more poses. Like everyone is sort of like lunging to the right. Mm. But again, like with all tabletop stuff, like you are adding your own flavor to it. I feel like this game must be a really great world builder tool as well, where it's like you're kind of building the history of this place and like seeing in between missions, there's like a, a tile map of the land and like you go to new places, there'll be random events. You can like, um, you know, eventually there, you know, will be like a, a spread of an enemy that you have to account for. That part of it, I find a little bit confusing at first because like mm -hmm. I didn't really know I could divide up my party and send people to different areas. Um, eventually you have enough characters that it might make sense to have like two groups to like go around and you know maybe have one group like building defenses on tiles have another like doing whatever the quest calls for but it's really gripping i mean i'm only still on my first campaign and i i have to feel like the game probably shines once you have a few under your belt and have like seen the possibilities and like kind of made your own history um and again i think i think it's you know this game is doing what a lot of games market and i think it it very it very intelligently was like, okay, what do we have to focus on? You know, we're yeah. not going to go for like a really intense art style because I mean, the art style is impressive in the, in the battles the creature design is really elegant. The, the background art is beautiful. Like the, the artists are clearly very talented, but they purposely scaled it back, you know, to account for the possibilities. 
And they also kind of streamlined D&D in a way that I think really works, having the three classes and also having them become more specific roles as you level up. You know, so you start out like, okay, there's three roles to play. But then as they, you know, level up, you're, you get the ability to give them specific abilities. So like, I have a warrior who's like more of a berserker and I have another one who's more of like a paladin defender. Mm. What I also really like is that the game does get pretty punishing later on. Um, what happens like after every mission, there's a, there's a uh, like table set that has faux cards and there's like 10 different factions of enemies and after oh, like every F-O-E battle, no matter foe. what. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if cards. it was like fake um, cards. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, the faux cards. Uh, so like a new Gorgon enemy will show up. It'll be like, now these enemies have this ability or they're stronger here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as time passes, the enemies will get stronger anyway. But you can also use legacy points to prevent that from happening. So every now and then it will be like, here are the enemies that are going to get stronger. You can select if you want to prevent that from happening, but by spending legacy points that you would normally use to unlock new characters or upgrade weapons and stuff. Interesting. So it's a really cool system. I also really like that if a character dies in combat, you have a choice of what happens. So they can either leave combat and be like maimed, which like will have some kind of stat reduction um, and they won't be usable for like a day or two. Or you can have them like go out swinging and die and like deal an absurd amount of damage to the enemy or die and like buff the entire party. Mm. So what really ends up happening is like even if you like I've learned that even if a mission goes wrong, it still aids the story. It still right. is interesting. And and even if the game is like getting harder, like I almost don't even care because I just want to see what happens next. You know, like I obviously want people to get out okay, but I'm I'm willing to roll with the punches because like it, the the element of discovery and just seeing like what wild shit is gonna happen is really like the pull of the game. Yeah, I, out of curiosity, so you said you went through the first authored campaign. How many are there at the moment? I'm not sure. I mean, I think that um, they're always like adding. I think they're like I, again. I don't really know what the the history with the developers of this game is. If they're like adding more or not, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of room for customization and like. You know, the fact that your legacy will be unique to yourself is really cool. I feel like there are a handful of the authored ones. Um, cool. So, you know, the first one I think is, but by authored, it's really just like, okay, you're going to be mostly fighting the Gorgons and like, there are these beats that are going to happen, but it's still up to you. Like, you know, I had Shaggy and Heli Mud become a couple, uh, but weirdly, just how a battle played out, uh, Kika C, the protagonist, who's now dead, but was a bird. Uh, <laughs> she and Heli... <laughs> she and Heli became rivals, and it actually aided the combat. So, like, if Heli or Kika killed an enemy, the other would get a buff to, like, one-up them. Oh, like a Legolas Gimli thing? Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I love yeah, that. It, it, again, the, the balance of control and of rolling with what the game has in store is really cool. And honestly, is like a really great almost like dm training game where it's like you know it it, kind of simplifies things in a way that feels accessible but also really exciting um you know giving a few decisions that carry a lot of weight the faux cards like uh the way um the pacing of the campaign is fairly quick like i feel like in i played the game for three hours and i'm already seeing these characters go from like their early 20s to you know their early 60s 
you know, That's the, so the original cool. party is like kind of slowly retiring. It is, it's amazing. And I feel like it's a creatively invigorating game the same way tabletop is. Like you want to, when you're not playing it, you imagine like who these characters really are. And like, it, there's a desire to flush them out on your own terms, mm. which the game is giving you just enough of, but also leaving a lot of space for your own creativity. That sounds so good. It's a, Oh yeah. I love, I love it by the way. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like probably one of my favorite games of the year so far. Like yeah. Easily. I already like, I already have it sitting in my steam account. I just haven't played it at all. Cause I knew I wanted to talk about and play psychonauts too for this episode, but yeah, I totally. expect to hear more about Wildermyth Cause I, I will definitely be putting some time into it like today and probably yeah. for the next week or so at least. Uh, I, yeah. I might stream it because I feel like this is a fun game to stream because it's like so in the moment, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I, oh, we sh- I haven't even mentioned this platform wise, but it's available on PC and Mac. Uh, apparently, runs really well on M1 Macs, which is what you're playing on, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's p- completely perfect. Yeah, yeah, which is great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so if you have that, go check it out. Uh, not available on consoles, um, yet. You know, who knows? Maybe it will one day. Uh, everything seems to make its way to switch eventually or something yeah but, uh, this this on switch is really the dream i think mm, um mm. or or the steam deck or the uh, steam deck which i actually forgot is coming out but i'm excited to see if that is what we want it to be yeah um Ugh, fingers crossed yeah uh yeah anyway I'll, I'll report back as i get further in because i feel like I'm sure my love for the game will only grow as I see more of it. You know, I feel like that second campaign is going to be something special, you know, being like, okay, I have a history behind me. I want to see. Yeah. As soon next. as you said that sometimes those characters can like show up in, in, in future campaigns, just really lit off like every light bulb in my head. Like that was <laughs> that's so exciting to me. I mean, you know, coming hot off the heels of having just played the Mass Effect trilogy, I'm imagining like, what if you played through the Mass Effect trilogy a second time and somehow your actions the first time impacted the second, like things like that, you know, yeah. uh, I'm all about it. I, I want that. So, so dearly there's a, there's, there's one thing that can happen in mass effect Andromeda that is dependent on what you did in mass effect as a trilogy. That is like so unsatisfying. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to, to experience a very satisfying version of that. Um, anyway, it's cool, man. And and the combat's fun. The, their approach to the mage class is interesting because you basically select an object in the setting to like magically possess, and the attack you get cool. from that depends on the object. So like if it's a stone object, you get like a discus you can throw telepathically. Mm. If it's if it's like a fire thing, you can set off a flare. It's a bit of a learning curve, but it's actually nice that there are like only so many types of of things you can interact with but it's i've never really seen that approach to a mage before the fact that like the magic you use is actually dependent on where you are in the environment it's mm-hmm. really interesting that's really cool yeah uh, yeah i'm so excited to play it um it's fun shaggy's yeah. a wizard he's if married we... to heli mud they have a daughter <laughs> uh let's wrap up so i can uh hey <laughs> Uh, what, what are we talking about today? We should uh, do that. Uh, Splunky 1 and 2 are on Switch. Um, Dodgeball Academia is available on Xbox and Switch and probably other platforms as well, uh, along with Game Pass, if you have that. Uh, Psychonauts 2 and Psychonauts 1, also both available on Xbox platforms and Game Pass uh, and elsewhere. And uh, Wildermyth, which is available on PC and Mac at the moment. And Linux. And Linux. 
if you have Linux, it's on Linux. Okay, are you happy? Anyway, that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I it's good to be back. We took a week off and we immediately resumed by recording a six-hour Mass Effect bonus. <laughs> and uh, I, I liked that we had a little bit of a chaser after with a uh, quote-unquote normal episode. Yeah, I think for this month, uh, do you want to say what the bonus is going to be for this month? Yeah, honestly. Straight. So we've a couple times throughout the course of the three years of doing this show, or I guess, you know, a couple of years since we started doing bonus episodes have said like, hey, if you want a bonus about this, let us know. And for the first time, people like really reached out in like pretty large numbers and said that they wanted a Forgotten City bonus, um, which yeah. was really cool. I mean, it was cool to hear that there's that kind of interest in this game. Um, and uh, I'm starting to see like more and more coverage about it. So I think people are like starting to kind of dig it up, especially after what happened with 12 minutes. Um, everybody's like, well, if you you know don't want to play that, you should play the Forgotten City instead. And uh, I, I big recommend there. Uh, so I think we're going to talk about that game. And uh, you and I, as we had mentioned our desire to, we're going to go and play the original mod for Skyrim as well. Um, compare and contrast and just talk about, you know, the successes of both, I guess, is the plan. So yeah, it'll be fun because, again, I think like 13 Sentinels is a hard game to talk about without spoiling. So I think that yeah. would be cool to explore all the different like uh points of view of that game um and you know also speak to the skyrim mod and however that works yeah Uh, yeah, i honestly might play it again i'm like really considering playing through the forgotten city again or like you know just doing like a weird run i think um (laughs) i have an idea that i really want to try out that i i just need to see if it'll work um but anyway i there there are a lot of things i want to check out in that game i i have a feeling playing through it a second time knowing all the endings will be fascinating uh so look yeah. forward to that uh but also excited to check out the skyrim mod i don't know it's cool so anyway forgotten city uh skyrim mod and standalone release that will be our bonus for september uh so if you have any questions you want to ask about it uh or them uh please send them our way yeah that's the only real concrete thing on the horizon then you know after september it's october spooky season very exciting Finally, I can hype it up and it be in the near future. Yeah. And not, you know, in January. When um, Have you looked at yeah, the that's... September release list recently? Because we're like... It's a lot. We're screwed. Uh, <laughs> I know Sable's coming out. What else, yeah. is, what else is on the horizon? Uh, so much stuff, Steven. Um, Sable's coming out. Uh, I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, Sable's coming out. Um, the new WarioWare, uh, Deathloop, if oh, that ends right, up being yeah. good, which I've... There are some previews out about Deathloop that are glowing. Things, yeah. I'll be interested to see because I wasn't a huge fan of Dishonored and this game seems to have a lot of Dishonored DNA. So I'll be interested to see how that works out. Uh, Eastward is coming out. Keena Bridge of Spirits. Uh, Pokemon yeah. Unite drops on mobile, which I'm actually excited to pick that game up again when it's on my phone. Uh, the Diablo 2 remake, which I'm weirdly like amped to play. I mean, so much st- Lost Judgment comes out. Man so much tales tales of arise the new uh tales game there's Um, a lot very curious about that after scarlet nexus yeah (laughs) i'm looking at my calendar app to see what other games i've written down like the day they come out if i'm excited and it's also just Aaron. so it's like new comforter and pillows buy pitchfork tickets (laughs) that's so funny uh anyway yeah Um, warrior wear comes out the same day as hop along plays in pitchfork so you know what i'm doing whoa you're gonna bring your switch to hop along and play warrior wear and listen to uh oh shit i wasn't but now i have to who wants to play uh uh get it together while uh we hear hop along play their beautiful music yeah uh 
It's exciting. I'm so I'm so amped yeah. about this month. Uh, there's so much stuff coming out. Death Stranding director's cut comes out in September, which I'm very interested in. Another release I missed yeah. actually was the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, which came out while I was gone. Um, and I've heard very good things about. Um, but again, that game is already so big, and adding another island the size of the first island to that game just seems like so much to me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I'll, agree. I, I imagine I'll cur- check it out eventually. I think about- that's gonna be like a back burner thing for like a while. Yeah, I'm curious about the standalone multiplayer mode of that game. Yeah, that's coming out. Yeah, that'll be very interesting. My biggest, I loved, I loved, yeah. My my most anticipated release, I think, though, for the rest of the year, oddly, maybe not oddly enough, is um, is Jet the Far Shore, which is that Super Brothers game. It's like them coming back. After oh yeah, over a decade since uh, Sword and Sorcery EP came out. There have been a couple preview articles about that that I have decided I will not be reading because uh, I am just like so interested to see why they would come back after this long and make a new video game. And everything I've seen uh, and heard just it sounds fantastic. I'm like so, so stoked to play it. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe Silk Song comes out this year, but probably not. <laughs> I Man, yeah, I, I I'm. <laughs> Like you, I am I am putting armor around my heart and not expecting it until it's in our hands. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, Jet comes out like first week of October. Uh, so that's like very much on the horizon. Yeah, today. I was going to say September and October, I think, will be the sort of like when our because I, I, I've written out what my game of the year list is currently. Mm-hmm. And I know that these two months will dramatically change things. Yeah, always um, does. Yeah. So, you know, Bravely Default 2 will no longer be my game of the year after. Uh, oh, I'm kidding. Oh, it will. But okay, it that's fun. exciting. It's fun. Anyway, let's wrap up. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what we were in the middle of doing. Hey, into the cast online are links to everything. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can watch all of our past streams. Twitch, if you want to watch our live streams. And uh, what else is on there? You can, like, email us uh, if you want. Um, and there's also <laughs> a link to join the Discord, um, which has a really vibrant and wonderful community that's constantly talking about cool stuff. So uh, go head over there and join that. Um, nice. You got anything else? Another special thanks to our patrons. We noticed another, another, uh, group of patrons have joined. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, the patron bonus will be coming out. We're, we're a little bit delayed because a few of us were out of town. So the massive bonus and the patron bonus will be coming out early September. Um, but yeah. then we should be back on schedule after that. Uh, so yeah, um, you'll be getting what you pay for soon. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Thank you for your patience and thank you for your support. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, yeah, thank you. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Goodbye. So excited to play Wildermyth. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for you. I'm going to do the same thing. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> bye bye. Worst garbage, the online.